Welcome to Blue TV, the podcast of the best shows on TV. And I'm Zach. And tonight we're talking about The Bastard Executioner. Uh, this was episode 106. The title, uh, a little bit easier to read this time, Thorns Slash Drain, uh, which is appropriately titled based on the episode. Uh, the director was Bill Gayhart. Um, he's got some good history. He did some work on The Shield, The Mist, um, even something else called Pacific Blue when I looked him up. I'm not familiar with that, but uh, The Mist and The Shield, kudos to him. I enjoy both of those. Uh, and, of course, the writer was Kirk Sutter. Um, the episode itself, um, I actually really enjoyed. Um, it was another episode not so much about violence or anything else but it was more about developing the plot uh, getting characters together seeing how the story is progressing in different avenues as well as learning a lot of new information this episode that has definitely sparked my interest and even made me go back and do some research to have some you know better insight for the episode um, as well as you know the uh, I'll go ahead and address is that you know I got uh, I got our first negative feedback this past week and it was just for me singularly um, for the Bash executioner uh, unfortunately it said I was completely negative and I'm willing to guess this is somebody who's listened to the only maybe the first episode or so of the Bash executioner which was difficult and I was pretty harsh but uh, I hope this person is still listening and maybe has a second change of heart um, anyway the the, the series has improved and improved, and I am fully, fully committed to the how things are going. I'm starting to, like I said before, I'm really starting to enjoy certain characters and get attached. I'm not completely there as I was for Sons of Anarchy or The Shield yet, um, but I am definitely growing stronger with Brattle's character. I'm um, sorry, Lee Jones' character, Brattle, as well as Torrin or Slash Marshall. Um, even the Chamberlain, you know... Uh, you know, as much as he's considered basically the bad guy here, I think he's definitely pulling it off, and he does a phenomenal job uh, in this. And, and of course, the Baroness is definitely one that um, is piquing my interest and is adding look up, especially for this baby thing, and uh, especially the revelation of uh, her relation to the wolf. Um, and that's what I was most excited about this episode is we learned so much good information. Um, this this really filled a lot of gaps. It really set the the foundation for what I've been seeking for a while from the episode. Uh, the wolf, you know, I've we've seen this character before, and we've come to find out that his name, you know, uh, was it Griffy? Is she is as her as the half sister? The Baroness calls him. Um, you know, and this is the guy who plays on the Americans, which is a phenomenal show, and I really enjoy his work. Um, evidently, there has been a you know something going on behind the scenes and these people have known it and she's always known who the wolf was and what the motivations were and was never fearful and this explains a lot of that and uh it was it was really good to see that and i'm really enjoying uh that they've added this guy in and he's evidently going to be a major part of the show and i think it um adds more credibility and i think it's a character that i can really really enjoy and i hope he just gets more and more involved um because I think it'll add more to the show. Um, the other parts that really kind of really piqued my interest, and you know, I, I typically go you know down the episode line for line and so on, but I'm kind of shaking it up and uh, really going to hit the high points and talk about things I felt important and maybe a couple of negatives because there weren't very many in this episode. Um, I will say that you know, the uh, in the beginning, Nora and the whole black things coming out of her hand. When I first saw it, I was thinking it was a piece of glass. Or something. Of course, later on, you understand that these are pieces of thorn, 
Um, really cool. Uh, I really like this. The CG was good here. You know, um, not spectacular, but I mean, you're having wounds heal and all that stuff. But really, really neat. Really cool concept to deliver the message of uh, the thorns, the crown of thorns, you know, the one Jesus wore and so on. Uh, I, I consider this really imaginative, a really unique way to bring that to the table. Um, and so kudos to Sutter about, you know, creating that and the way it was delivered. Uh, you know, you never think about it that way, and it's, it's so innovative. And so, and the, the sheer amount, I mean, she gives the father, the priest, you know, um, you know, like a handful of these things. And, you know, and of course, he, he drops them like yesterday's trash. Uh, but then she pulls another one fresh out of her chest to give to him and, you know, to give it some more validity. Uh, and it just, it, it, it spices up the show to, you know, that she is truly, you know, something mystical, something that sees the future and is doing something you hope is for the greater good. I'm really fearful that her character is actually somebody who's twisting and turning things for her own motive and there is nothing positive about where it's going, um, which would be very typical of Sutter, but hey, you know, that's what makes this show good is that you don't know and they're just slowly peeling the layers back of the onion and I'm enjoying that. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, early in the show that I was kind of like, hmm, not real sure about, um, you know, was the the, the chamber, the, as I said, I, I really like the Chamberlain and so on, but the whole part in the beginning of the episode, it just it just rings and it's, you know, it's blurred in mind is that the two twins come out, the, the little person girl who's dressed very similar to the two twins, and then a cage of rats. Um, I don't know... No matter what he says, imagination, this, that, or so on, uh, I see nothing that is going to be pleasurable with a cage of rats in the mix. Um, I, I'm sorry, I just I, I cannot fathom this. And if anything, it was yeah intriguing for a second, and then it was disturbing for the lingering thought in my mind for the next several minutes. Um, and so I don't know if y'all share the same thoughts, but this was uh, this was difficult to swallow. Um, other cool parts I thought were really, really neat. Um, you know, when she talked to her brother and they discussed a tomb, you know, that was beneath the castle and they talked about how, how important it was and how it had sacred artifacts and relics and so on. And I was, as they were saying this, I was hoping there might be a scene where I could see something. Uh, and they went a step farther. Um, you, you see the Baroness go down there. And yes, you see this tomb. And it, it makes me think of Indiana Jones and the, Law and the Last Crusade, where you go down there and find the tomb. And you see the, you know, the soldiers with a shield and uh, the boxes and the amount of dust like that. Really well done. I think the special effects in the set were done really, really, really impressive. Um, and even better, you know, the coup de grace of her sliding the shield up a little bit and having a keyhole to be able to unlock a secret little um, compartment. Wow. Uh, not expecting another great moment of detail that I really enjoyed for the show. And then, of course, she even adds more to it with a little secret passage that goes down to an old cave or, you know, way to which looks to be uh, out to the waterway or something and where she meets her brother, uh, the wolf or Griffey as she calls him. Um, I really enjoyed this. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of dialogue other than she's just letting him know that, you know, this is, they're a team and 
no harm will come her way or, or you know basically from his you know output and she's going to fund his uh, his need for an army with one thing of jewels that must be one heck of a thing of jewels um but it shows the loyalty it shows the commitment it shows that there's a you know um, a two-spiked fork going at what they what they're trying to achieve or what's left over from what Longshanks has done in his regime um, so I thought that was another really cool deal um, and speaking of Longshanks one of the things I thought was the best and most impressive part of the entire episode and just got my wheel spinning was is that Nora discusses with Mute, which is actually Kirk Sutter, Sutter, sorry, um, in the scene, and you see him go down what looks to be I don't know if it's a secret passage in the cabin or something, but he comes upon this chest or um, or a wardrobe closet, whatever you want to say it, and when he opens it up, boom, there is this array of weapons. And the coolest thing I've seen yet in the entire series, and that is this knight's armor. And is this is the famous Knights Templar, um, you know, uh, outfit or garment and so on. And so me thinking about this and knowing a little bit of history here, um, they always talk about what Longshanks did and different things of his nature. And a lot of people, you know, Longshanks died in 1307. Um, the Knights Templar also was disbanded, and you know, basically. Uh, not destroyed, but no longer in existence as of 1307. And so, and the Knights Templar were the best and most skilled soldiers slash knights, you know, of the Crusades and uh, the efforts of those times. And so this tells me that Kirk Sutter's part is, is that he is probably a bad mojo when it comes to weapons, tactics, and how he handles himself. And so I feel like we're about to have an unveiling, an unleashing of a new badass character. And Sutter's probably going to be an integral part of this, you know, of the upcoming, you know, end of the season. You know, consider we only have ten episodes. And this is number six. So I'm hoping, and now I'm salivating, that within the next episode or two, we might get to see him put the nice simpler outfit on. And maybe we see some action. Um, you know. Who's to know? We shall go. Um, and then another really, really cool scene, you know, is the whole situation with um, with the you know the torture, you know, Marshall slash Torin, um, you know, and chamber and the Chamberlain, you know, Chamberlain is is very surprising. Um, he is constantly doing things that. You know, blow your mind where you think it'd be more beneficial for him to get rid of this problem or something that would lure to him being betraying others he continues to do things to manage and keep Brattle and Marshall slash Thor all these people to you know as their puppets as even they say um, giving up this soldier in making deals over and over again covering up the wife as a looney tune which he calls you know mad and all that um, I'm wondering when that luck runs out. I'm wondering when eventually he does have to make the commitment that, you know, things are going to have to change. And I guess, I'm, of course, that's going to be something probably towards the end of the season because when you make those kind of decisions or the distinction, then we're going to have a situation where somebody's got to go. And you don't want any one of these characters to go. Um, the only other thing I can see happening is, is that, you know, uh, Marshall and Brattle, uh, you know, do get away from this the city and or different place in Shire and join for poison forces and like that. But 
by doing that, we also lose the connection to the Baroness and everything, and I think that is integral to what the story and where the plot is going, so I don't foresee that in the future. Um, speaking of the Baroness, you know, what is happening with the Baroness in Brattle? Is, you know, at the end of the episode, you see them getting close, and they talk about, you know, potential feelings and so on, and of course there's always the apologies, oh, I'm sorry, I'm out of line, and all these things, oh, I was not offended. Where is this going? Do we feel like this is really going to happen? Do we feel like we're going to have this love scene? Let me tell you, I think absolutely. I think um, we have this looming question. You know, where you know what's going to happen? Where is the baby? Where how are they going to address this? Does this mean that the Baroness is going to you know get some new seed from Brattle to maybe create the heir, or or is there another ruse or another hoax? I don't I don't know. Um, I do see some you know the some sparks or some different things happening. I predict within the next episode or two, we're probably going to get a kiss, maybe a little touchy-feely, who knows. Um, but the definitely, it is definitely maturing as the show goes along. Um, considering that, this gives me more concern about the old crazy wife. Um, you know, the, the whole situation where he constantly, you know, he has this whole big scene about, look, you know, you're not my wife, that's not my kid, you know, for us to be safe, I need to get out of Dodge, quit living this lie, and she constantly is like, oh, my love, my husband, you know, da da da, da you know, it's almost like, where, when's this going to end, when's this going to come to a head, when is she going to, when is she going to become such a liability that something's going to have to happen to her? Because realistically, I mean, she's already hurting the kid. She's already destined that he's going to become what, you know, the real father was and everything. None of these things. She has no positive outlook. More than anything, she is just a liability. The only thing she's got going for her is that she's going to take care of the, the youngest child. Um, so is, is there a possibility that, you know, that's got to go? Um, you know, you hope not for one reason, but dang, for the rest of the show and where the plot's going... I just don't see the necessity of keeping her around. So it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. Um, now, the violence for the episode was kind of minimal, um, but it was quick, efficient, and graphic, and well done. I mean, other than the scene of the soul, you know, the knight finding out, finding the weapons in the back of the carriage, and Brattle dispatching him with a, one, a single wound from the back coming out of his chest. And the guy doesn't die instantly, which, thank the Lord, we finally got, you know, going, keeping that realism. You know, he slowly falls with his knees, he falls down to his side, and, it, you know, it's a more realistic death. And so I was very pleased with this scene. Then, of course, later we had the torture scene where Torin is just obliterating this guy. Another eye gouging. Evidently, this is a popular, popular. Uh, way of torture um, and uh, effective and and of course the digging into the mouth at first I thought he had like a corkscrew or something was he pulling teeth I'm not positive and can anybody tell me what was on the floor they panned down to look at it looked like a piece of metal that had a slit in the middle of it um, with a, uh, a ring, you know like a ring around the edge and stuff like that could not for the life of me figure out what its purpose was what its intention was or if I was completely wrong what it was. Um, I mean, I saw blood, I saw different things on the floor, but this metal object, which I'm assuming was metal, and it didn't look like a human appendage or anything else that had been taken off or 
anything of that nature. So I'm really curious what it was, you know, because I paused, I asked my wife, I asked some of the people, nobody has a clue. If you have a clue out there, send me an email. Let me know. You know, we're at Bleed TV on Twitter. We're on Bleed TV Podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. We also have a Facebook page. Send me some information. Um, but as I said, the, the, the torture scene, great. The digging them out. Them finding out who killed who, who sliced what throat, who shoved a, a blade into the belly of who. You know, it was monumental, you know, and you could see the emotion and the anguish from each character, much more from Brattle and Torin, the, you know, the more and the other characters, they showed, you know, they, they looked like they were angry, but it, it just didn't give you that much of effect towards them. They just didn't get as much screen time as the other two and didn't have as much investment into the torture as the others. Um, now, here's some of the questions I have based on what the series is as of this point. You know, when we first started the whole series, we had the CG dragon that mystically flew around in his dreams, and we've had some other dreams. Well, the dreams have gone. We hadn't seen dreams in the last episode or two. Um, and then what happened? We didn't see his wife in a vision or following through a hole or doing anything this episode. Um, is that you know? Is that the end of that? I doubt it. Um, and also, we didn't have the dark-skinned child with super white hair, which I'm not a fan of. Uh, but another missing element to this hour and 20 minutes of entertainment. Um, and I hate to say this, but I'm actually enjoyed that they were not a part of the episode. I don't see where they would have added anything or brought anything to the table that would have made the episode more appealing or, um, or even be relatable to what the plot has sticken to from this episode. And so that right there is... A good thing in my mind, you know. Uh, if they do start coming back and becoming more prominent, I need a connection. I need something that lets me know there's a purpose to this, or if there's somebody behind it or something. Give me, give me more to it than just seeing visions over and over and over again. Um, a, a positive, uh, a plus this time. You know, we had the archdeacon. Not a lot from them, but we had another scene with Ed uh, Sharon. Uh, Got some more of his acting chops on screen time, and this time was much improved than last time. I felt like the first episode that he was in, um, some of the things were kind of forced, and uh, you could definitely tell he was, you know, memorizing and reading a script, and you know, it was kind of coming out, kind of catalog or robotic. You know, I'm not talking about like or anything like that, but uh, this time he had a little bit longer monologue when he was speaking and talking, and it was much more believable, and I considered an improvement. And so, go way to go, Ed, and continue the good stuff. Um, but overall, you know, like I said, there wasn't anything, any, no real conclusions, really just a lot of new information, a lot of plot advancement, a lot of um, connecting the dots is the best way I can con construe this review of this episode. And um, one of my favorite episodes, like I said, I think the episodes are getting better and better and better. Uh, the first episode was about shock value, you know, the first, well, the first two combined. Um, and the rest of them have definitely been more about, you know, developing a plot, developing characters, getting, uh, you know, you sink your teeth into where it's trying to go. Um, and, the, and it's working. And so Sutter's got a, uh, has got a marketable product here, and I hope other people like I am are getting invested in it. Um, as to the preview for the next week, um... You know, it's basically, I think, it's getting time for that stuff to come to a head. If it's typical Sutter, 
uh, the last two or three episodes of any season, he's going to spend the next two really developing the the really key three or four major problems. Um, and they're going to metastasize to epic proportions for the last episode or two to be the quailing of all this in a culmination as well as the introduction of the next new issue for you for you to have to worry about going into the next season. Um, and so I fully plan on this next episode being the, you know, the tip of the spear when it comes to some of the major problems that are going to be amplified to try to be solved by the end of the season. Um, you know, of course, it shows you it shows you the uh, you know the innocent man who supposedly confessed to killing you know Lady Price, which we all know is not accurate. Uh, you also see Brattle complaining that he's innocent and something has to be done. You see the connection to you know the, the Chamberlain is furiously trying to make sure this happens. It's all a part of his agenda behind the scenes, as well as you see the you know the closer courtship of the Baroness and the. Uh, Brattle and how it's also causing problems with his own supporters and people such as Taryn and, uh, and so on and so you definitely get a taste of all the future problems that are going to be involved in the next episode uh, which ones are going to be the biggest problems which ones are going to explode and who's going to suffer for it um, if I had to guess you know the the big major issues that are going to have to come out eventually of course is her you know supposedly being pregnant and the uh, of course, the King's Decree has been put out, and everybody knows it now. Um, how is the Chamberlain going to juggle all the issues of Brattle doing his own thing as well as being a puppet for him? And when does he become fed up? And finally, the last thing I want to know, and will we see it, is that we're going to see Sutter in the Templar suit, and what does that mean for this series? Um, that is my most anticipated thing now because I'm just letting my imagination go wild about where it could go. And I hope he doesn't disappoint. He typically doesn't. And so I'm looking forward to it. But other than that, guys, like I said, I really enjoyed the show. Really enjoyed everything like that. If you've got a few minutes to give me a positive review on iTunes so I can help cure some of this negative I just got, I'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, if not, man, just send me an email, send me a, a tweet, something. Let me know what you think of the show. Um, I didn't get a lot of feedback this week. Like I said, this is still a new show. I've got some other comments and so on. Um, but I'd love to incorporate some more viewer comments about some things. I usually have a few people this time, but for some reason I didn't get much this week, and so I just didn't put it in. I'd like to have multiple. So hit me up on that email, you know, bleedtvpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at bleedtvpodcast. I even have a Facebook page. Look us up. I'd love to dialogue and um, blog back and forth or whatever. Anything you got, if there's something you want to hear from the show or want me to add to it, let me know. I'd love to do it. But other than that, guys, this is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach, and this is it for tonight.